I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The 11 to 1 show. Chris Rock slaps back at Will Smith in an epic stand-up for Netflix's first live stream event. More on this after Fontanella Bass. Rescue me on LMFM's 11 to 1. They were the words that were going through my mind on Saturday night. Rescue me. Why were they running through my mind? Well, I found myself hosting the awards night for the O'Reilly's GAA Club and people might know already I don't know anything about sport not a thing zip nothing particularly GAA not a clue you might as well be talking in a foreign language as to be chatting to me about the GAA I don't have a notion so I found myself hosting the awards night and uh, <laughs> look it went well thank God thank God it went well and thank God people in the, the crowd were just lovely and probably looked over my blunders but um, you might have seen on Twitter as well there was a little bit of crack on Twitter between the uh, O'Reilly's and the Plunkets on Twitter with regards to the night but it was great all round and I'm delighted they did it but I will never ever find myself in that situation again <laughs> it was a moment where I was going why am I here? What am I doing? How did I get myself into this? But anyway, great night all round and uh, I'm still recovering. So thank you very much, crazy O'Reilly party people. The head was sore yesterday, let's just put it that way. And now I did get over my sore head by watching something on Netflix last night. Did you see this? It was Chris Rock, comedian Chris Rock. We've been waiting, anticipating his response to last year's Oscar slap from Will Smith and... My God, the man did it in style. This is the first live stream event, by the way, on Netflix. And um, it was absolutely brilliant. It was essentially his stand up. But as well as that, it was like a really important commentary as well, because it wasn't just really funny things that he was talking about. It was things that are happening in society that we really need to sit up and pay attention to. So. You know, he is tired uh, of talking about the slap, uh, but he wants to make one thing clear. It hurt. It did hurt. Uh, I've taken a little segment for you just to give you a little bit of an idea as to kind of, now look, some of this stuff, I could I had to try and really trawl through this because, you know, Chris Rock and the language he uses and that kind of thing. But uh, here's a little section of where he talks about the slap uh, from his uh, selective outrage comedy stand-up show that uh, streamed live over the weekend. The people I didn't hurt, it still hurts. <laughs> I got summertime ringing in my ears. Chris, how come you didn't do nothing back? I got parents. 
Ripper. <laughs> so that's just a little taster for you, but he goes on at length. Towards the end of the, sh- of the, uh, uh, the, the show, he talks about it at, at length in terms of what happened. Um, but he does talk about America's appetite for, for casual violence as well. He does talk about, um, you know, the uh, things like, you know, Meghan Markle and the royal family gets in there as well. And he does talk about how, as a society, and we've talked about this here as well, as a society, how overly sensitive we are, but only on certain topics and only at certain times as well. It's this selective outrage, isn't it? You know, so things are like cancel culture and the fact that we need to censor ourselves all the time in case somebody is triggered. All of that is explored as well in this. Now, I wouldn't be a huge, huge fan of Chris Rock, but I think after the slap, you know, I think a lot of people sort of really went on his side with regards to everything that happened. This is an explosive show. It's explosive what he's saying. He really goes there with all of the things that he wants to get off his chest about everything, not just the the, the slap. And I highly recommend it. It's not just comedy. It's a really important conversation that he's having. If you missed it, you have to check it out. Uh, Comedian Chris Rock, Selective Outrage on Netflix. Hey, the Lumineers there. Ho, hey, there is fantastic news over the weekend with regards to the Euro Millions draw in Louth and Mead there have been winners which is fantastic so Mead the player won 500,000 as did somebody in Dunleer I mean, life-changing money, isn't it? Uh, also, uh, somebody who bought their tricket, uh, ticket in trim won 51,000 as well after matching five of the numbers and the bonus. That was in Saturday night's lotto draw. So there's been huge luck in the northeast over the last little while when it comes to the lotto. So are you playing it is the question, isn't it? Yeah. And if you fancy getting your hands on some cash, yeah. Tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Our jackpot... For LMFM Radio Bingo, €9,600. Just reminding you about that. Have you got your book? Where can you get it? LMFM.ie. It's the best place. There's also loads of outlets in the in the northeast. I want to say congratulations to Ronnie Gibney from Laytown. Also Pauline Grogan, Braden Street Drogheda and Patricia Owens and Termin Feck and they all scooped €600. Also Geraldine Carpenter, she won €400 as well. So you can buy the book now, lmfm.ie. Don't forget, you are supporting the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre as well when you are playing with us. Now, are you going for a job? Are you looking for a job? I'm after spotting this in the Irish Independent. Something that will help you stand out in a job. It's very simple, very easy to do. I'm going to tell you what it is. Next. The 11 to 1 show. Have you a job interview coming up? Would you like to stand out in said job interview? I have a tip for you. That's all coming your way after Harry Styles. Want to wish Kenneth Taff from RD a very happy birthday. Your birthday was yesterday. Hope you had a great day. Also, Oliver Farrell in RD has been on. He wants to say a big hello to me, Oliver. Thank you. Always the requests come in for other people. I never get one. That has made me very special uh, on a Monday. Thank you so much for that. Now, if you are heading off on a job interview and you're thinking, how am I going to stand out? I've done all my prep. I know everything that's happening with the company. You know, I, I feel like I really deserve to get this job. Well, smiling, smiling can apparently help hugely. I know you'd be sitting there and you're kind of going... 
what are they going to ask me? I'm so nervous and I feel like I'm going to vomit maybe. But smile, swallow it down and smile, okay? Smiling and pretty girl privilege. Now this is the other bit that I'm a bit like, what? Pretty girl privilege? Uh, Apparently this helps you get hired. So, Smiling in a job application photo or at the interview, this is in the Irish Independent today, by the way, could help job seekers secure the position. This is according to research. So the smile indicates confidence and, of course, the applicant's desire to please the app, the, the, interview, or the, the article says. The authors of a study said while also making them appear attractive. Now, I know smiling, you know, is a great thing, isn't it? You know, you look like a warm, approachable person, friendly, ready to, you know, take on the job, all of that. But this part of it, I'm a bit like, right, this is a bit strange. Attractiveness or pretty girl privilege. Yeah has been established by numerous previous studies as beneficial as people are found to warm to good looking individuals. So basically, if you look nice, you're going to get the job. Is that what's happening here? One experiment that asked 146 people to to, to kind of grade fake profiles on a scale of one to seven used mouse tracking to obtain detailed insights into their thought processes. So the smiling candidates, they scored way more uh, than those that weren't. Uh, The study was presented at the American Association for the Advancement of Science in Washington and uh, they've had previous mixed results. But this has, you know, been sort of the top thing that's smiling anyway. But then this pretty girl privilege. So you've got to be amazingly good looking. Is that what they're saying to me to get the job as well? I don't know. Look, smiling can't hurt anyway. So if you are heading off on a job interview, I know you may not feel like it sometimes because the nerves gets in the way. But put a smile on your face. It's going to help you stand up a little bit straight as well, isn't it? And kind of feel that bit more confident. There you go. That's my tip of the day on the Monday. Van Morrison there. Mark has been on 086-1800-658. He has some great tips for us for jobs. Uh, all very good. Thank you so much, Mark. He says, um, I remember when I was going for interviews a few years ago, I read interview tips to have questions ready. You know, if they say at the very end, have you any questions for us? And you go, oh my God, just give me the job. You know, your mind goes blank. He says, um, I, I asked uh, questions like, where do you see this role progressing in five years time? Nice question. Yeah. Tell me the strengths of your existing team in your workplace. Oh, and so on to ask them. But it doesn't always help, he says. As the tables turned, I ended up interviewing them. One interview got annoyed. I was asking questions. I knew walking out I wasn't going to get that job, he says. I toned down the questions and found a permanent job in the end. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's a happy medium, isn't it, Mark? You have to strike that happy balance. So maybe just a question, you know, what the, the one about what you expect from the role in five years time. That's a great one. Thank you so much. Talking about jobs, if you're in the engineering sector or if you know somebody graduating or from that sector this year, this year in 2023, 8,000 jobs are anticipated for the sector. We're going to be chatting about this and more with Damien Owens. He's from Engineers Ireland. It's Engineering Week. We're going to have uh, all the details of that next. The 11 to 1 show. With over 8,000 jobs anticipated in the sector for this year, now is a great time to consider a career in engineering. And this week marks Engineers Week. It's a week-long celebration of engineering profession and Engineers Ireland have organised a huge range of events, including the STEPS programme, where primary schools in the local area here are given the opportunity to explore the creative world of engineering through their class time. Joining me now to tell us more is Damien Owens. He's Director General at Engineers Ireland. Damien, you're very welcome to 11 to 1. How are you? 
Good morning. Thank you. Great to have you. Now, 8,000 jobs anticipated in the sector for this year. That's great news, particularly for people graduating this year. Absolutely. We, we undertook a survey before Christmas of our, of our, our members uh, and their organisations indicated that uh, they would be hiring in and around 8,000 um, engineers this year. Uh, and yeah, that's across all sectors, uh, not just people generally think it's construction only, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, uh, Ireland has a very vibrant uh, manufacturing sector in, say, Biomed, for example, you know, a third of all contact lenses in, in the world are made in Ireland and about 70% of, of artificial lips. There's a whole biomedical sector. We have a renewable um, energy sector, which, uh, again, is growing fantastically. And that, that requires a lot of engineering talent. Uh, and then, of course, the construction of houses and, 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 and buildings, which we are so familiar with from the media. So there's huge opportunities there. Uh, and engineering is a very uh, mobile profession. So um, the skills transfer from one area to another. So engineers as those, uh, are, are in demand all over the world. Uh, and we have seen quite a few engineers come to work in and been attracted by industry here. That's great. And, and there is a shortage, isn't there, as well, of engineers with the necessary skills out there. So there's a real need for them. There absolutely is, and um, it's you know it's 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 engineering uh, as well as talent in 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 all areas. So, for example, you know we've seen the, uh, phenomenal growth in engineering apprenticeships. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, er, learn earn what you learn, I suppose, uh, and we're we're seeing a huge growth in that. And the education and training boards, uh, for example, Monaghan and, and Drogheda, they're 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 providing courses in, in these areas as well. So. Uh, it, it, there's a huge, huge opportunity there. It's a very exciting time to go into engineering because, you know, as you know, we're facing huge challenges yeah. uh, in, in, you know, sustainability and, you know, construction of houses and just keeping our infrastructure going, uh, water, uh, power. So there's huge opportunities there. And it, it really is an exciting time to get into the sector. And what attracted you into it yourself, Damien? I, I, I thought I, I grew up... Um, my, my my father was was a fisherman in Clorehead, so um, and he was always fixing and repairing things. So I think I got the bug there, and it attracted me in engineering. So my background is electronics, and I worked in computer testing and in telecoms. So uh, like I said, it's a very varied career, and it it changes every few years as technology changes. You stay up to date with it. It's like having a new career again. So it's a very exciting profession to be in. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because, you know, things can get stale, as you say, over time. So it's great that it's updated all the time. Uh, now, there's still a few misconceptions out there, Damien, in terms of what skills you need to be a great engineer. One of them is that people think that you have to be this absolute maths genius. Not necessarily. Of course, it helps. It helps uh, if you're good at math. But, but really, what you're doing is looking at the real world and what's in nature and codifying that into maths to solve a problem. So engineers fundamentally are problem solvers. We're looking at a problem that there that needs to be needs to be solved. And if you look at what we, with our steps program, we have engineers gone into schools and we have online challenges. Um, and it's to get it's to get uh, the school children to understand how to be creative and how to solve a problem. So not necessarily all about maths. It's it's looking at problems from from a different perspective and see how we can solve them um, sustainably and, and using as few resources as possible. So, uh, and the whole point of the STEPS programme is to expose uh, school children to the variety of engineering uh, roles 
and to the creativity that, 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 that's involved as part of engineering because they're working in the real world, solving real world problems. Uh, and, you know, everybody can, can, can do it. And we expose children to that at school. And then at secondary level, we have uh, an Engineering Your Future program, which allows um, several hundred um, uh, secondary school students to have an immersive experience in engineering um, in university for a week. So oh, they can see exactly what it's like there. Uh, and we have huge support from industries, companies like Intel and Arup and uh, EPA, Transport Infrastructure Ireland. They're, they're hugely supportive of us uh, because they realise they need engineering talent coming through to keep their business and to keep, uh, keep their infrastructure moving. That's fantastic that the students in secondary school level particularly get to immerse themselves even further with this. That's fantastic. And I know there's a lot of uh, local primary schools getting involved in that STEPS programme. So the teachers are being very much encouraged to go onto the website, download the resources, take part in some of these activities in class. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, uh, a number of, a number of um, employers have opened up their factory doors as were to, to invite in, in in classrooms. And there's events all over the region. Uh, like the Dock Institute of Technology uh, are hosting events and, you know, they're really, uh, you know, advancing hugely in the whole mm-hmm. support of renewable infrastructure and offshore. So, you know, there's, low, there's a huge amount of very high level um, engineering activity going on in the region. You've like Combilift there, who's a, in Monaghan, who's a world leader yeah. in what they do. So, you know, um, if people just look around, uh, engineer will jump out of everything you can see around Fantastic. And what what's brilliant about this is there is it's very inclusive as well because you've got a primary school teacher and blogger, Munter Valerie. She's created a free resource for children with autism as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that's the, the, I mean, engineering is a very inclusive uh, profession. Um, and for example, another initiative we have, we, we um, for Girl Guides, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a, a Girl Guide badge uh, for engineering. So, uh, so it, 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 you know, the, the, there's a lot of resources there that uh, people can use. And I think that's brilliant as well because, you know, things are changing in terms of gender balance within the industry as well, Damien. But no doubt you would like to see more women and more girls signing up to, t- to take part and have careers in this area. Absolutely. I think, you know, um, a, a perception of engineering that it's all construction on a building site in, in, in wet and windy weather and, mud, and nothing could be further from the truth. Um, I mean, uh, uh, you know, a, a lot of the work is, is done sitting um, and designing in, a, in, a, in an office environment. Uh, and also we're seeing in order to, I suppose, to, to address uh, so some of the shortages in skills, uh, we're seeing that a, a lot of houses now and properties in the future will be built, manufactured really, in, in, a, in a manufacturing plant and assembled on site. So it would be a very different type of, um, let's say, home production than we would have at the moment. And and in terms of, you know, we mentioned there people who are problem solvers, but there, are there other character traits or, or kind of personality traits or people that might have that would be suited best to a career in engineering? So what would make them kind of stand out with regards to that? They need to be, I suppose, have, a, have an inquisitive mind. Mm. So, you know, wonder uh, how things work and um, look at things from, from different angles. I think it was... You know, um, Leonardo da Vinci said, you know, it's the art of science and the science of art. So it's all linked together. And it's really being creative and seeing things from many angles. And I suppose engineering is really the creative industry because, you know, if a problem is there and it has to be solved, we have to find a way to do it. Fantastic. Well, it's great to see such a healthy interest in engineering. Uh, Best of luck with all the events this week. Thank you so much for, for joining me on the show, Damien.
Thank you. Thanks a million. So the Engineers Week, it's running all this week right up until March 11th. For more details and information, just uh, check out engineersireland.ie. Also as well, there's parents resources on there as well, not just for teachers. So you'll find them engineersireland.ie. Richard Marks right here waiting. Couple of messages coming in on 086-1800-658 on the last topic. Yeah, it is a very interesting topic. I did mean to ask him and then I, it went out of my head. I did mean to ask him about the salary because I think engineers do well, don't they? That's a good uh, attractive reason as well to, to sign up and take part. If you missed any of that, by the way, it will be on the podcast on lmfm.ie a little bit later on. Going to take a quick break, but then we're going back in time to 1964. <laughs> The 11 to 1 show. L-M-F-M. Hi, Catherine here from Catherine Fee and Co Solicitors. If you're facing a Mojo lady, hear me tonight. Today is a day, by the way, for employers to pay attention to. All be revealed now in the Northeast Update. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 77 On this day in 1964, boxing legend Cassius Clay joins the Nation of Islam, changes his name though to Muhammad Ali, calling his former title a slave name, he said. And today is employee... Appreciation Day. So employers, for God's sake, show some love and appreciation to us employees who are doing a great job. Just a simple, well done, you're doing great. It can go a long way. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drada, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. Picture House. Heavenly Day on LMFM's 11 to 1. If, like me, you're obsessed with post-apocalyptic type material, you know, we're all kind of glued to The Last of Us on television at the moment. Gripping stuff. If you're into all that, the end is nigh, the world's about to end, all that kind of thing. Well, you're going to love the chat with Fionn Foley. He's the writer and he's actor and composer of a brilliant comedy musical that's coming to Solstice. That's all coming up after 12. The 11 to 1 show. There's another Hollywood legend in Ireland for a film. More details on that next. Counting days, counting days since my love up and got lost on me. Lewis Capaldi bruises in LMFM's 11 to 1. Enjoying the chilly weather in Ireland. That is the tweet that Anthony Hopkins has sent out. He's currently visiting us here in Ireland and uh, I don't know for definite, definite if it is for a role but there are reports that he is starring as Sigmund Freud in a major new feature film that is apparently supposed to be uh, being filmed here in Ireland. Um, The London home of Freud is being created at Ardmore Studios in Bray. This is according to the Irish Times and then like exterior shots they're kind of looking around Dublin for for that. So there you go. Anthony Hopkins in Ireland. I have to say big, big fan of Anthony Hopkins. Love anything he does. The most recent thing I think I saw was The Father. I think it might be still on Netflix by the way if you want to kind of a it's a real hard hitting, heavy hitting kind of emotional one but it's it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I don't think he disappoints in any movie that he's in. Now time to see what else is happening in the world of showbiz. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Crossy. 
Charlie from Busted has been talking about the first song the band released. He has now realised he is older than Miss McKenzie in the song What I Go to School For. Here's what he said. So Lorna um, was Miss McKenzie in the video and uh, when Busted did a reunion in 2016, uh, we thought it'd be really funny for us to do the thing where we go to our house and she's standing there. What's weird is that she is 33 in the lyric and I'm now 37. <laughs> so she'd like be too young for me now. <laughs> that's weird. So yeah, that's one thing that obviously uh, is different. But um, no, it was a really fun video to make, man. Like all those videos were super fun to make. And uh, it's just weird seeing how, long, how young we look. I mean, I literally was a child. Keanu Reeves has revealed what superhero role he would have loved to have played. Keanu says he's a massive fan of Wolverine and it would have been great to play him. Hugh Jackman is set to reprise his role as Wolverine for the next Deadpool movie. Sam Claffin and Riley Keough star in Daisy and the Six. The new series is getting critical acclaim online. It's believed it's loosely based off Fleetwood Mac. The stars have been talking about the show. I think that, that naturally just happens. You sort of take on that person's essence during the shoot. I think there are so many conversations that Billy has in the story that I'm like, okay, I've, I've been here before. And some of them, like, so, so much so that it was, it was actually quite emotional revisiting certain things. That struggle is very real and very relatable for not even just in the creative world, but, like, whatever capacity of work you might be in. That's The Buzz. I'm Crossy. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. We were talking about that series Daisy and the Six with Niall O'Brien on Friday in Real Reviews. By the way, if you ever miss the chats with Niall O'Brien you can listen back in uh, the on the podcast LMFM.ie just under Real Reviews section you'll find them there. Want to say a big happy birthday to Mary Duff her birthday today coming in from Leanne and Joseph Goslin. Here's Kim Carnes just for you. It's the year 2047 and the end is truly nigh. That is, until a miracle tonic is discovered. Halcyon, which promises to restore the mind and body to the glory days of the 2020s. This is the basic plot for the comedy musical Tonic. It's coming to on Solstice Arts Centre. Uh, it's coming there at the end of the month. We're going to meet the writer, actor, composer Fionn Foley next. Oh, the 11 to 1 show. Critics are calling it impossibly smart, great fun. Tonic, the blistering new comic musical for the times we live in, is coming to Solstice Arts Centre on March 30th. It's written and starring my next guest. He's an award-winning actor, writer and composer, Fionn Foley. He's on the line. Fionn, you're very welcome. How are you? Hi, Sinead. How's things? Great to have you on the show. Now, you had me at Doomsday, Fionn, right? Because I'm a big fan of all things post-apocalyptic disaster. I'm very excited to see this. And, you know, judging from the huge popularity of TV series like The Last of Us, I think I'm not the only one obsessed with this sort of stuff. There's a big appetite out there for, for this kind of material. There definitely is something in the zeitgeist at the moment. I mean, to give it its full glorious uh, kind of genre that we put tonic in, it's a doomsday folk musical. So maybe we're we're, we're making it slightly more niche again. But um, yeah, it, it does feel like there's something in the water. Definitely, um, definitely. And I know I thought the initial idea for this show may have come about during lockdown, but you actually had this idea pre-pandemic. Yeah, it's had a funny old trajectory in that, I, I suppose, to, to, to go right back to the start, um, the solstice were great and uh, they, they asked me the question that every artist likes to be asked at least a few times in their career, which is, what do you want to do and how can we make it happen? So I suppose the initial idea was 
I got quite interested in the idea of medicine shows, that old kind of culture that we're all familiar with in the Western films and stuff like that. But I got really into the history of um, different ways these kind of snake oil salesmen, shyster characters that we, we all have some kind of conception of in our head, the way they operate. Um, and actually kind of, I suppose, making a modern medicine show. I'm, I'm thinking about what's a modern tonic, what's a, what, what, what do these kind of guys peddle nowadays, or in this case, I suppose, in the future, in a, in a doomsday thing. So it, I just thought it was a really kind of interesting concept to have a musical come out of something, I, I, I suppose, a guy that's asking something of the audience while also performing to them. So there's kind of a weird... Um, exchange between audience and performer you know yeah and th- this idea the the 19th century medicine show like this is a really interesting side of things like i i kind of have um i don't know like a kind of a step right up folks this kind of a character is this what you're totally. talking about well definitely and we're borrowing from all those tropes that i think people are familiar with but they the, having done a bit of kind of work on it the last few years the interesting thing is they've existed in almost every culture in different ways. Right. You know, whether you go back to Paris and the, the, the streets, they had these kind of um, charlatan characters. And the, it's very linked into the history of theatre as well, this idea that, you know, whatever kind of snake oil um, they were trying to sell you, they would have to have the spectacular performance to accompany it and it would have to be finely rehearsed and have to be all these different moving parts of that other than being amazed by the performance, you were actually like, oh, well, whatever ailments I have, this this is actually going to save me, you know? So, yeah. um, including in, in Ireland as well, you know, there, there, there's, there's records of that happening as well. Wow. So I suppose we're, while borrowing from all that and having that kind of step right up energy, we're trying to make something, or we have made something, I suppose, uh, a little bit new as well. And as you say, it's it's in a post-apocalyptic context. Um but, uh, other but it's than definitely that, like, like you know, it's it's feeding into our sort of post-pandemic anxiety as well. All of this because that's what those guys really tapped into, wasn't it? Completely, and I suppose that's that was the interesting thing is that just when we were starting to kick off, we're kind of putting the piece together. Then, of course. Uh, the proverbial hit the fan and we were in a context that was almost a little bit too, uh, you know, eerily kind of relevant. Um, So it kind of took on this new significance. But then I suppose more important than all of that was the idea that I wanted to make a show that not only could kind of get us through COVID, that could exist within COVID Mm. for audiences, but would would kind of thrive within it as well. So the initial performances that we did in Dublin Castle and Kilkenny Arts Festival were all kind of outside. They were very much, you know, in that kind of medicine show format where... um, we had kind of people rocking up and this, this show kind of exploding out of a, a trailer that um, it, it kind of all made sense for COVID. Uh, yeah. But then also, you know, wanting to give something that was, I suppose, the exact kind of thing that we couldn't have during COVID, which yeah. was this big spectacle, which was music, which was kind of a direct relationship with the audience. Um, so its mission statement became a lot about, you know, how can we still have that really kind of uh, enjoyable, uh, entertaining night at the theatre when a theatre can't really exist at the moment. So it's been that through line that we've kind of followed right up into these performances now in this tour. It's a fantastic way to work around the restrictions. I mean, I just, I really, I've said it so much during the during the pandemic, but I really had to tip my hat to the arts community because, my God, you people will make things work. Doesn't matter what's yeah. thrown at you, you'll make it work. So it was fantastic to see that. So tell us the plot. It's set in the year twenty forty seven. What's going on? T- take me into the to the world that this show is uh, created in. 
I will indeed. So it's the year 2047 and we're in the wake of a global doomsday event of which the nature of which we're not entirely sure. Oh, the best um, kind, the ones that are mysterious, we don't know what's happened, love it. Exactly. Well, it's been so huge that, you know, I suppose all the, 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 the mod cons and uh, modern communication that we, we uh, take for granted now is gone. So there's very little way of us knowing exactly who did what and why and, and what the effects are going to be. But in the wake of that, we have the Calibri Triplet Family Band, who are Ireland's most renowned family folk uh, touring uh, trio, um, which uh, we take on the assumption that the audience are well familiar with their back catalogue and that uh, they're, you know, they're a, a constant fixture in the Irish folk circuit. Um, so Cal Calibri, um, the leader of the band played by myself, is taking this opportunity. Um, is actually making hay from the apocalypse. Of course. Yes, and to basically get his band back on the road and to kind of re-establish uh, their kind of their reputation and kind of get things moving again. Now, the, the, I suppose the the remit he has though is he has to distribute this miracle tonic called Halcyon. So he's kind of been charged with this responsibility by a higher authority, and basically one of the reasons, other than giving this performance to the audience is that he has to distribute this tonic and this tonic basically is going to take everyone in the audience back to the, the halcyon days of the 2020s as Brilliant. he said. Brilliant. Um, so it's, it's, it's an interesting kind of premise in that immediately something has been asked of the audience. We're kind of, we're, we're brought in by this kind of you know, charm offensive, but we're never fully sure whether this guy is uh, is is what he says he is, and indeed whether what he's peddling is any good for us or not. And indeed, it all kind of, I suppose, what starts off as a trademark Calibri Triple Family Band performance, then takes a turn when his sibling, uh, who he claims has been estranged or has passed on, uh, comes back into the fold and has some kind of choice words about the way the direction of the band um, and it all goes off the rails after that without saying too much Fantastic so you've got the family drama in there you've got band drama which let's be honest that always happens in every band there's always creative differences and then you have the backdrop of the of the post-apocalyptic world I love it so you know with writing and performing Tonic though how does your experience as a performer inform the writing and vice versa Fionn? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, just from a practical point of view, it's always a bit of a, a, a tricky experience because you're you're trying to separate yourself, like you're taking off your writing hat after a certain point and then trying to put on your performer hat. But inevitably, you just end up wearing a load of hats at the same time. So, <laughs> But I mean, the, the the key to that is just having the best team around you. And, uh, and thankfully, we have, we have amazing performers and uh, Rough Magic Theatre Company, of course, are co-producing it as well. And they have just, you know, over 30 years experience with this kind of work that's kind of satirical, that's musical, that's kind of crossing a few different genres and, of course, bringing music in again. So um, I suppose it comes down to trust then. And then yeah. you can start to kind of go, well, I'm a performer now. And, you know, obviously you write yourself a kind of a part that you'd like to play. As well. Of course. That's the other thing. It's the parts, the, isn't it? The yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, there, there really is no such thing as a, uh, you know, a, a one man show or even as a, you know, a, a, a something that's one person's conception yeah, it always ends up being layers and layers of these fantastic people's work as well and and I mean we're adding the live music element to this as well that just really cranks it up a notch in terms of you know the I suppose challenge for the actors you know they need to juggle the acting side of it the music side of it and all make sure it all comes together in in, a, in, a, in this live setup has that been challenging and has it been a challenging that you've found rewarding I mean yeah to answer the second part absolutely rewarding I mean 
you know, if I have a kind of a, a mission statement as an artist, I, I think it's that we need so much more, or we can do so much more of this kind of work that, you know, is musical theatre, because I think Ireland is such a, there, there's such a wealth of that kind of talent here. Yeah. And, and and there is musical theatre, but I think it tends to be more along kind of the traditional lines or, or possibly productions of stuff that we're familiar with from maybe the West End or Broadway and stuff like that, whereas actually there is such... Um, were ripe for such kind of new uh, alternative kind of ways of making it as well. So yeah, I mean, it's it's all played by the three performers on stage. It's kind of folk influenced, um, and it does it kind of feeds into the performance as well, you know, because there is this kind of manic energy where you're kind of wondering in the middle of a monologue, am I going to be able to get over to that mandolin in fifteen seconds or all <laughs> this kind of stuff? So it can work for certain things certainly. And again, just to come back to the idea that we do have, you know so lucky in that we have amazing actor musicians Rosanna Purcell and Ruth Smith um, that just happen to be a jack of all trade in, in, the, in those kind of fields so um, but it's something I really enjoy and I do uh, as a rule I love getting to the end of a 60 minute 70 minute show and just being kind of bathed in sweat and kind of feeling like <laughs> exhilarated yeah well you definitely gave everything do you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> everything else is, is is kind of out of your hands you know yeah completely adrenaline pumping completely now you're bringing this show to Solstice Arts Centre this month you're artist in association with them as well like how important is it for artists like yourself to have support like this particularly in the early stages of your career to see you know an arts centre coming on board and supporting you I think it's really important. It's really important um, because, and any artist listening will relate to this, you know, you can kind of sit yourself in a room for a month uh, or six months or a year with an idea and no matter how great it is, if you're up, it's, it's your magnum opus, there will come a point where you need some kind of affirmation from somebody other than yourself, particularly if you don't have a collaborator or you're not part of a theatre company and stuff like that. And art centres represent that and also, just in terms of being able to get stuff funded and bringing it mm-hmm. further and, and, and maybe kind of just just opening your horizons to see what's actually there and what, where this might actually fit, I think it's absolutely crucial um, to have that even just that first port of call that says, this, is, this idea is worth pursuing. You're an artist that has something to say and... Uh, and that's, that's, that's what they're there to do, you know. Fantastic. No, it really is. It's fantastic to see that. So what do you hope audiences take away from seeing the show on March 30th? I'm glad you asked that because I'm always anxious <laughs> that when we start talking about the themes of, of Tonic that it sounds like a real grim fest. And it's not. It really is the opposite of that. I suppose it's black comedy. Um, and it really is supposed to be, I say supposed to be, it is a... Um, a kind of this this spectacular thing that unfolds out of what appears at first to be just this kind of little medicine show that's coming along, wants to peddle you the tonic, and then uh, you know it's a it's a real kind of riot that yeah. erupts from that, and it's um, it, it's kind of an eclectic score that starts off kind of folky, but it goes into all these mad kind of places, and hopefully it is for people what feels like a return to that kind of theatre that they may have missed the last two or three years or they've maybe been anxious about going to see. I, I, I hope that Tonic is, as it says in the tin, a tonic for all that. Well, do you know, that's what the critics are saying. You know, they're saying great fun, inspired musical talent, sneakily clever lyrics, witty and playful. I guarantee you it is going to be all that. Fionn, I'm, I'm no doubt that the audiences will, will be delighted on March 30th. Thank you so, so much and the best of luck with it uh, going forward. Thanks a million for joining us today. 
Thanks so much, Shane. It's such a pleasure. Thanks a million. Fionn Foley there. The show is called Tonic and it's just the tonic we need. I know. March 30th, Solstice Arts Centre. You can find all the details on their website, solsticeartscentre.ie. Oh, the 11 to 1 show. Are you a health professional? Just want to remind people Drogheda and District Chamber are holding a free online event. It's happening tomorrow from 9.30am to 10.45. It's called What HR and Employment Law Updates Should Businesses Prepare For This Year? So join industry experts Michelle McDonough and senior HR expert Katie Ridge from Adair Human Resource Management. They're going to discuss upcoming changes around, you know, things like probation periods, work patterns, flexible and remote working, leave and time as well and lots more so all of the details can be found drawhadachamber.ie you can also contact Brenda so she's Brenda at drawhadachamber.ie LMFM Job Search with thanks to LMFM Online check out the latest Northeast news sport and entertainment on lmfm.ie Sheen and Transport require a HGV driver for the Cavan slash Meath area please submit your interest to Sheen and Transport 22 at gmail.com McGee Farm Machinery Limited have a vacancy for an apprentice agricultural mechanic in the Louth area. Please apply by emailing info at mcgeefarmmachinery.ie. They are also looking for a qualified agricultural mechanic in the Louth area. And again, the same email, info at mcgeefarmmachinery.ie. Qualitas Electronics, a leading electronic manufacturing company based in Delique Business Park, are on the lookout for an experienced hand solderer. Full and part-time positions are available. Please apply with your CV hello at qualitaselectronics.ie. Derek Flanagan Auto Repairs require a qualified car mechanic for a busy garage in RD. You can email your CV to Derek Flanagan Auto Repairs at gmail.com. And OREM FAC Motors, Factors and Agri Parts in Bridge Street, Navin. They require sales staff to apply email own at remfac.ie. So that's E-O-I-N at remfac.ie. Don't forget all of the details of those jobs can be found on our local job section, lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search. There's the killers, human, especially for me, the ladies' minor camogie team. What about that win in the Leinster final yesterday against Leash? Shout out coming in for the ladies. Not sure who it's from, but thank you so much for sending that in. Speaking of awesome awesome women. This week it's uh, in the run-up to International Women's Day of course on Wednesday and a very special Women's Day event is happening on March the 8th to celebrate the achievements of the league's most famous but almost forgotten immigrant Kate Kennedy. We were uh, chatting about this on the show last week just to remind you that event is starting at 11.30am and it's going to include the unveiling of a sculpture of Kate Kennedy created by sculptor Betty Newman Maguire that's happening at Delique Girls National School with special guest Claire D. Cronin, the US ambassador to Ireland, doing the honours. So Kate Kennedy, she was born in uh, the west of Delique in 1827 and she attended local national school there. Then she went to the Loretto College in Naval before emigrating to San Francisco and she um, secured a position as a principal teacher at North Cosmopolitan Grammar School in San Francisco in the 1800s. But, but she learned some years later that male principals were paid more than the female principles. 
and after intense personal lobbying she eventually persuaded the California state legislature to change the law. What an amazing lady and the fact that we have almost forgotten her is shocking but the committee are putting that to rights with the unveiling of this sculpture of Kate Kennedy on Wednesday there at Delique National School at 11.30am. The 11 to 1 show. They are coming back into our lives. I'm delighted about this. Spotted it this morning. Actually, on LMFM.ie, you can check out all the details of that. But The Young Offenders, the TV series, it's coming back. That handsome looking fella there is me, Connor McSweeney. <laughs> and that's my best pal, Jack. Ah. Oh. I'm delighted. I'm so excited about this. Apparently, it's returning for a fourth series on BBC One and BBC iPlayer as well as RTE TV as well. So they've recommissioned this and uh, we're very, very excited about it. So as well as that, by the way, they are also uh, throwing out a casting call. So there was a a screenshot of The Young Offenders episode one, series four, uh, doing the rounds on Twitter. So this is where we found out about this. So producers have issued a casting call for the new series series exciting stuff so if you are in the acting world or maybe you're a budding actor even they want to hear from you so further details if you check it out theyoungoffenders.com forward slash casting that closing date by the way is coming up March 10th you can find out all the details of this as well on lmfm.ie so they're only in the early production stages of it just yet don't know when they're going to air it but very exciting Young Offenders coming back that's our lot on the show for today. Thank you so much for your company. As always, enjoy the rest of your Monday. I'll chat to you tomorrow. The 11 to 1 show. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.